We're in for a wild night. Welcome, 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 everybody, to episode 92 of Born to be Wild, a wild exclusive Hearthstone podcast where we have fun hanging out with friends, talking about the wild format of Hearthstone and spotlighting members of the wild community. I am your host, as always, Nate Wolf. It's great to be back on another beautiful Friday evening here, uh, joining you from Portland, Oregon. Uh, it has been a crazy, crazy week, um, but I'm really happy to be back and uh, be hanging out with some of my favorite people tonight. So uh, first up, welcome back, Hydralisk. We missed you last week, and I'm happy to see you again. How are you doing? Thank you. I am so glad to be back. Last week, I was out sick. My family was sick. We were bedridden and not having the greatest time, but um, so bad of a time that I actually couldn't even play video games. I remember I came out of my bedroom. I'm like, I'm going to play games. I sat at the computer. I'm like, no, no, back to bed unfortunately so it was it was rough but uh doing much better and i missed your guys's faces and i'm so happy to be here this week and yeah so i'm excited for the show of course we have one of our favorite returning guests basically part of the show at this point so <laughs> i'm really excited for tonight's show yeah me too me too we got an awesome one tonight uh but but first let me say hello to my good friend electric sheep city how are you Meowdy, friend. I'm doing pretty well myself. I've uh, been, gosh, working on uh, putting in your two weeks notice at work is Yay. very much like, okay, yeah, very excited for that part. <laughs> but it's very it's much not like... It's you, it's me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's more like, hey, uh, okay, all that stuff that you always do, uh, finish up all the things you can and that aren't ongoing and uh, get ready for everyone else taking up on all, all your other stuff and train everyone else on how to do all the things that you do all of that in two weeks. Ooh. So yeah, it's, it's a lot, but you know, doable. And uh, it's kind of like the final push to like go on to bigger and better things. So very excited to be done with this week. Very excited to be listening to some lore this week. Very excited to be hanging out with some good buddies. So all systems go. Let's Yay. go. All right. And, yeah. and last but not least, uh, welcome back to our favorite lore master, Goliath the Dwarf. Thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful Great to day. see you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. It's yeah, th This is something I look forward to. Uh, pretty frequently, I love being on the show. I was telling the lore to you guys. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a, a bit of an intense week with me. Uh, Partially with a lot of work stuff that I've been doing, but also just the weather. Like I said uh, before the show started, we had a couple absolutely like uh, polar blast, uh, like they were called like Arctic blast uh, officially, uh, where the weather dropped to like negative twelve with wind chill and everything, and the so schools were all canceled, and it was like, do not go out unless absolutely necessary, and if you're really bundled up, because uh, you, it's literally hazardous to your health when it's this cold. Jeez, wow! And, but I, everything is you know much better now. Now, now we're at a nice toasty four degrees outside as I speak, uh, <laughs> which feels positively balmy in comparison. Hey, uh, positive, not in the negative. Seems seems great. Bingo on that. <laughs> uh, but frankly, we're uh, 
kind of good to put in the mood because we're going to be talking about a pretty cold weather place tonight. And, uh, you know, occasionally you have a couple of the residents that, you know, wield, like, how, how many cards use the, the frost spell, you know, the, the spell school and everything. It's just think about how painful that would actually be to be attacked by all those where you're frozen solid and shattered. It's like, <laughs> when you think about it, we're committing some pretty heinous things to the minions on the Hearthstone board. This is painful. That <laughs> it's true. does sound painful, but what hopefully won't be painful is listening to us this evening. So, for, <laughs> for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. Let me briefly explain how the show works. We record this podcast live every Friday evening at twitch.television slash borntobewildhs. And the video version of the podcast is then posted to YouTube the very next day. Audio versions are also distributed to all the podcast apps. Check it. So, however you're watching or listening or absorbing via osmosis this podcast today, thank you. Yes. You. Heart hands and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, or thank you Claws, talons, whatever right? you want to say. <laughs> Sheep hooks? <laughs> um... Dwarfs just have hands, so. Uh, I'm the only great. one of the three or four of us with opposable thumbs. I don't have paws or hooves or talons. You're missing out. <laughs> All right, y'all, before uh, <laughs> one of these things is not like the end. <laughs> oh, man, we got a great show. We got a great show lined up tonight. Real quick before we get started, I wanted to say a big, uh, but a very important thank you to Shokun, and, but to all the other patrons of our show. Thank you so much for your support. It really means the world to us. It's uh uh, we, we, we appreciate you more than we can say. Um, for those of you uh, watching, listening, uh, or somehow imbibing this content, uh, if you do enjoy it, please uh, leave a like, subscribe, comment on the video on YouTube as it helps um, uh, you know other people find our content. Another way to support the show is to leave a, a comment or a review um, on your podcast app of choice, whether it's uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or whatever that is. Uh, finally, um, if you're watching this live on Twitch, we do have some emotes that you can unlock if you uh, would like to subscribe. So um, aside from that, uh, we do have a Patreon if you feel like uh, joining the show. All of that can be found on our website, which is borntobewildhs.com. And then lastly, uh, a brief plug for our Discord community, which is an absolute blast. Uh, if you're interested in interacting with us uh, personally, uh, please feel free to join our Discord community. It's a, it's a free, it's online community where we love hanging out with friends. We've met people all across the whole world, and it's been an absolute blast. Uh, we, we talk about Hearthstone, we share deck lists, we share memes and, and jokes, talk about real life and all kinds of stuff, and, and it's just a, a lot of fun, and we'd love it if y'all would join us. Uh, you can find the link to that, the invitation, uh, is also on our website, which is borntobewildhs.com. Yeah, and yeah. you can find all of us at that Discord, so ch 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 check it out. <laughs> I understood that reference too. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's the Beastie Boys song. All right. Uh, Hydralisk, there's a little bit of news this week. Yeah. So uh, briefly before we get into the meat of the show, patch 22.2 dropped this past Tuesday on January the 22nd. So the nerfs that we discussed, I mean, these guys discussed because I was out sick last week, but they, that we discussed last week is all live so everybody get in here go play some wild 
Let's see what that meta is all about. That all dropped. You guys can check out the patch notes if you really want to see those, get an in-depth view of what's going on. We have those posted in the show notes, or you can head over to playhearthstone.com and check out the news section. But let's move into our main topic that we have tonight. All right. Yeah, the reason that y'all are here tonight, we are talking about the Fractured and Alterac lore part two. So if you missed it, uh, we did, we, we've broken up the lore into two parts because there was, there's quite a bit. And uh, so, so we'll dig right into it. I'm going to pass everything over to Goliath and uh, we'll do a, a super brief recap of, of what we covered last time. And then uh, jump into part two over here. All right. So last time on Board to Be Wild Lore Masters, we discussed <laughs> the two main factions that reside in Alterac Valley, representations of the Horde and the Alliance. The Horde is represented by the Frostwolf Orcs, who is the tribe of Thrall and uh, his father, Duratan, who was the chieftain of the Frostwolf tribe. And uh, through a long series of events involving the corruption of the Orcish race by the Warlock Gul'dan, uh, the Frostwolves were exiled because they didn't want to take part in it and found salvation by hiding away in Alterac Valley. On the Alliance side, we have the Stormpike clan of dwarfs, who are there for various reasons, uh, generally involving uh, expanding uh, the territory of the uh, Dwarven Kingdom into the Alterac Mountains, uh, because it's very similar to the areas they live in. And also, the dwarves are often very much into things like mining and archaeology and searching for things like that they could find in Alterac Valley. The two uh, factions each believe that they have the undisputed claim to this land and will never stop fighting this essential proxy battle between the two factions. Even though when you really break down their claims, neither of them has the securest grasp on it. Like, I don't know, like, Nate, you're in the legal profession. Like, if they presented them to you, I don't know if either of them would really hold up in court. <laughs> They can but, uh, they can have a, a death duel over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they've been doing for years and years. Trial oh, by I combat. That, that. that sounds like more uh, Texas legal advice than uh, Oregonian <laughs> legal advice there. Uh, but uh, what get we're going to, <laughs> what we're going to get started with tonight is talking about who owned the land. Who called this area home before these two factions came in? Just a, a bit of an explanation about what the heck is this location anyway? What is Alterac? So, Alterac was actually one of the original seven human kingdoms that formed the very first version of the Alliance. Uh, after the Orcish Horde invaded, and so, like, you know, the, the, the two factions have evolved quite a bit since their first inceptions. The Horde was initially just the Orcs, and the Alliance was just a group of human kingdoms before the Dwarves and Gnomes joined in and all of that. Uh, so th there were essentially seven human kingdoms, and this might sound a little familiar uh, to you guys if you remember from when we talked about the history of Stormwind, about how there once was this one large human kingdom called Erethor that had a capital called uh, Strom, 
and uh, eventually it expanded out and there were many outposts. But over time, those outposts grew into city-states that gained their own independence and became their own kingdoms. Alterac was one of those. It was set up in the Alterac Mountains. Uh, probably initially was a trading post because uh, having a secure trading pathway uh, through a mountain range is a very important strategic position. So you have people who go there and it just kind of grows and into its own little independent kingdom. Uh, but it was the smallest and the weakest of all of the human kingdoms that joined the Alliance. And, and oh, frankly, no. <laughs> they didn't really contribute all that much. Um, just like kind of, uh, you know, one of those uh, token uh, gestures of soldiers and supplies. Uh, honestly, <laughs> the, the king didn't even want to join the Alliance. Um, his name was King Aiden... Uh, let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. Uh, Pernendold. Yeah, P-E-R-E-N-O-L-D-E. -E -E. So, uh, Perendold, I think, is how we would say that. Um, there isn't really a pronunciation guide for a lot of these fantasy names, so we have to make the best of it if you don't hear it pronounced. Uh, but at any rate, this guy didn't want to join the alliance at all because when you have an alliance of kingdoms, sure you have security and people will back you up, but you also have to divert a lot of your own funds to all of the other kingdoms that are part of the alliance. And they're a small kingdom as it is, so not all that much to give. And so he just kind of joined in when everybody else did because otherwise he'd be worried that he'd be the one lone outlier who would have to face the horde alone. Um, but he, he frankly got so scared of the overwhelming power of the Horde because the Alliance was losing in, uh, several battles during the first and by the time we get to the second war, uh, between the Alliance and Horde, um, he actually betrayed the Alliance, made a deal with the Orcs, it's like, hey, so you guys don't destroy my kingdom, and... And I'll help you out, you know, just I'll, I'll let you get through a secret safe passage through these mountain passages through my kingdom so you can attack the other kingdoms. Uh, I'll uh, arrange for some pirates to go and try to assassinate Uther, uh, which obviously that didn't happen because, you know, Uther's story goes long after that and he's, he's our main heartstone paladin. But uh, lots of other stuff. And eventually he got found out and he was captured but the the kings of the alliance had this rule that a sovereign king couldn't be executed or exiled or jailed forever because they're like if we get on each other's bad side we want to have an agreement that that's not going to happen to any of us so we can't do it to anyone sheep you have a question is 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 the king of 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 alterac a hearthstone card called no. Dirty Rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see where you go with that first. He got me with that one. Um, no, no, the Lord does not state that he was transformed into a cobalt. Um, I don't know if that would even be possible. But, at any rate, <laughs> back on my track canon. <laughs> is that um, basically the, the entire kingdom was essentially put under martial law. And uh, it essentially dissolved after the war. Uh, like, it ceased to exist as a political entity. Uh, frankly, 
Alterac hadn't had good relationships with any of the other kings that were a part of the alliance beforehand. There were territorial disputes with the southern kingdom of uh, Strom, which was what was left of the original capital of Arathor. And uh, there, there were frequent clashes uh, by... Actually, the, the leader of Strom was a guy who I think would make a great warrior legendary someday. He's went by the name of Trollbane, and he's just like, you know, a very good human warrior was obviously very good at killing trolls. And, uh, <laughs> and all of the other kingdoms were, like, the, backing this guy. They were all best buds, and so Alterac was very alienated from all the other human kingdoms anyway, so they felt, what do we have to lose? We'll fight for the Horde. Um... But, but it didn't work out for them at all. And so there are ruins in that area of what once was a small kingdom in the mountains. But essentially no one really lives there. And that left the land that much more open to be claimed by all of these different groups that are constantly fighting over it. And... Um, that's going to be where we go to our next section, because we are going to go on a grand tour of Alterac Valley. Uh, especially since you may have noticed that several of the cards in the set are specific locations. So, we're yeah. going to go from the top to the bottom, starting with the Alliance side and working our way down, pointing out where some of the key cards are on the map. Uh... But part of the explanation of this is I am going to have to explain a bit of how this game aspect works within the game of World of Warcraft. Um, I ask you to bear with me because while I know a lot about lore, I am not a master of PvP content by any stretch of the imagination. So this, this was not something I was super well versed in before doing all the research on this. But... Basically, the way this works is that you have your team of Alliance players and you have your team of Horde players. And unlike other types of player versus player content in World of Warcraft, where it's just you're seeing who can kill the other team first, or sometimes there's like a, uh, a get a, a, an orb to the other side type of game mode or whatever like that, this is a big, full, intense uh, one where there's lots of different objectives and ultimately you want to gather resources and capture various uh, key battleground points like graveyards and towers and battlefields and all of that stuff in order to gradually work your way to breaking down through the enemy keep and slaying the enemy leader. And the leaders are our two uh, legendaries that came with the Horde and the Alliance, uh, you know, our little honor system that we had throughout this entire set. Vandar Stormpike is the commander in the Alliance Bunker that if you're playing Horde, you want to work up there so you can go and kill him. And then Drekthar is down in the Frostwolf Bunker. And then if you're Alliance, you want to work your way down through all the Horde defenses, break in and slay him. Which is something really clever, and I didn't even notice this right away. I, I wonder if anyone else did that... For the, the honor progression system that we had in order to get all the cards, um, it changed the order of the cards that you got based on your faction because, like if you're playing Alliance, you would get the cards of the closest Alliance locations, and it's like you're working your way down until you conquer each one, and then eventually oh, you get the board no. ones. 
And then you get Drek'thar as the final one of your alliance, because, yeah, you finally got him, you yeah. completed the objective, and vice versa if you're Horde. So you would start with getting things like Frostwolf Kennels and not get, like, the Stormpike Healing Station until towards the end, because that's on the other side. So that's just a, one of the really cool things that I love about Hearthstone, how they infuse that fantasy of taking these elements from the game mechanics and putting them into Hearthstone just translates so well. And I just so want to give cool. them credit. That was so cool. That yeah. detail itself is just for anyone who's a, a WoW fan that played in Alterac Valley, probably jump, that jumped out for them. For, for me, it definitely did not. But I, I love those fine little details like that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Super cool. And, yes. And uh, we also have a few other uh, residents uh, that we're going to be talking about when we get to different areas here. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, Nate, what is the uh, first one that we're talking about? We're starting with the uh, with the Dwarven Bunkers, essentially, aren't we? Yeah, and so first off, I, I mean, I just, I suppose here I had, uh, you, you know, you had briefly touched on, we have Vandar, who's our, our leader uh, here for the the Alliance, and then our first um, station, if you will, would be the, uh, the Stormpike Aid Station. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, both of the faction areas have, uh, essentially, this is a respawn point. Uh, the various graveyards throughout Alterac Valley, when you capture a graveyard, when you die in uh, combat, then you respawn at that area. So you want to get ones that are closer so you don't have to travel as far and give the enemy more time to move towards your position without any resistance. Um, but even if you don't have any other graveyards, the healing stations at your, uh, at your faction base is where you have your, uh, respawn and occasionally can turn in maybe a couple of minor objectives like, oh, I collected some bandage materials here and it'll give a buff about your, that everyone heals easier or something like that. Um, the game mode has seen different versions over the years uh, as different patches and expansions have tweaked the way it works. Uh, several of the things that we're going to talk about today, like some of the NPCs, are things that actually, if you play the modern game, you won't find if you go and play in Alterac Valley. But if you go into the classic servers, it, it's references to things from all the way back then. Uh, which, again, like just... Just kind of that that's across the history, and this whole year has been uh, kind of an homage to the original uh, classic game experience as well. So I think that that only makes sense, honestly. Um, so yes, we have the uh, the healing station. Uh, what's our next stop along the tour? Nate? All right, next stop is Dunbalder Bunker. All right, so which is so fun to say. It's so <laughs> funny, right? Yes, Nate mentioned earlier that wow, that's just a really silly name there. Uh, but this is one of those dwarven language naming conventions. Um, Dun actually, uh, if I recall correctly, means something along the lines of snow. Like uh, Dunmoreau is the name of the snowy land that the capital city of Ironforge is in. Uh, so it's just one of those. It sounds like silly, but you know, in in universe, it is you know like an an ancient language of a noble people or something. But but really, we do have to admit they are also just silly sounds too. Uh, <laughs> but yes, 
But yeah, this is the, uh, the various dwarven bunkers here are uh, particularly what you know horde players want to capture and alliance players want to defend. And um, yeah, there, there, there's a couple of these uh, scattered throughout the area as different checkpoints to attack or defend. And um, you may recall on the Warlock card, Fire and uh, Fellfire in the Hole, that's that they're throwing one. There's a Horde Warlock who's thrown in Fell spells into a Dwarven Bunker. And so that's kind of one cool. of those, uh, a depiction of what some players are doing when they come across bunkers like that. Nice. Yeah, and one thing I, I almost forgot here. Um, I believe in this particular bunker, uh, we do have a prisoner... Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, we are talking about uh, one of our two wing commanders here, um, which is something that's uh, really neat. So for four of the legendary cards, the class legendaries, um, they are uh, essentially characters that mirror each other along the factions. So we have our two wing commanders. You know, we have uh, uh, Mulverick. I believe is how mm -hmm. we would pronounce this, uh, as the Horde one. And then we have um, Itchman as the Alliance one, and we'll get to him later on. But uh, yeah, in the game, these characters actually start out as prisoners in the opposite faction. And so what you want to do is fight your way up to them and be able to free them. And with a wing commander, once you can do that, you can uh, turn in some... Uh, medals to them that basically you get from killing other players and when you do enough you can order them to have but i guess would kind of amount to a drone strike but you know it's it's a, a wyvern strike in this case you know, like sending in the aerial unit to you know throw some bombs down and uh help help you to make some advances on the enemy base and so for horde players they want to get up to this uh, bunker and uh, free wing commander Mulverick here uh something that's really funny and uh, this um, this actually plays in when we get to Itchman too. Is that um, there actually is a small amount of story uh, with these two? Um, basically, like I said, some of the characters in the game were there at the start, but they're not there anymore. Uh, as soon as soon as the uh, first expansion in the game, Burning Crusade, which is where we get a lot of the uh, Ashes and Outland stuff, actually, and that from that expansion. Um, these uh, wing commanders uh, were removed from Alterac and uh, made an appearance where they were actually working for a gladiatorial ring in Outland. And uh, because both of them say they just got so fed up with hearing the whining from uh, Horde soldiers about having to uh, cross uh, the Dunbaldar Bridge, which is uh, you know what another one of the locations that's in there and is our Paladin uh, location card, because um, it, it's a reference to the player complaints uh, because <laughs> with crossing this bridge was a real choke point uh, because you could get pushed off of it and take massive fall damage. And so it would it'd be really hard for Horde to mm. be able to take it, a really easy defense position for Alliance players. And so they literally made it where these characters, like they, they canonized that not only the players, but the actual in-universe 
horde orc soldiers were constantly whining out, it's not fair, they have that bridge, and, uh, and Wing Commander Mulbrick just got so tired of hearing the infernal complaining, and is like, it's war, it's not supposed to be fair, why do you keep complaining, it's not fair, it's not balanced. Um, All is fair in love and war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta so, finish the sentence. War! <laughs> that, that is one of the very few of these uh, characters that actually has any degree of story or appearance outside of the uh, the Alterac Valley Battleground. And I just find it hilarious and had to share it. Oh, that's great. I, I love it. That's really funny. Yeah. Um... And then let's see. Yeah, uh, moving next, on, what's what's our next stop? Yeah, here? next next stop on our journey here is the uh, Iron Deep Mines. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, mines in the Alterac Valley Battlegrounds are uh, resource uh, spawners, essentially. So much like you want to capture like the bunkers and the towers that can serve as uh, you know some station points, and you want to capture the graveyards so that you can respawn at them, uh, capturing the mines will help to uh, spawn some resources and some NPC uh, fighters that will help assist you. But each of the, each of the mines has a different, shall we say, native of the valley in it. Some of the um, not quite as sentient or civilized races. Uh, and for Iron Deep Mine, we have the Iron Deep Trogs, uh, which uh, you may remember when you uh, play the cards, like, the Iron Deep Mine is mine! And it's <laughs> like, you know, it's just uh, directly saying it right there. And uh, they, they live in that area, and if either faction wants to capture it, they have to deal with taking out the Trogs first. Um, incidentally, a little fact about Trogs is that they are sort of like the failed prototype for dwarves. Because um, uh, the, the dwarves were originally uh, basically made of living stone uh, that were created by the Titans. But the Titans first made like a prototype. But it didn't turn out well. It turned into the Trogs, but they couldn't bear to put them down, so they just kind of put them in stasis, hoping they wouldn't cause trouble. But that stasis failed after a few millennia, and they broke out and started causing trouble. So that's where <laughs> Trogs come from. That's hilarious. Yeah, they, they, they're like the, the, the ugly inbred cousins that you don't want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but Trogs rule! <laughs> Trogs rule! Uh, yeah, so that, that's our Iron Deep Mine right there. That's something that you're going to want to deal with the Trogs in, uh, to try to, uh, deal and get a few extra resources, especially if you're in a losing position in the fight. Very good. All right, next stop on our journey here, Stonehearth Outpost and Graveyard. Right, so... Uh, some of you may recognize the name Stonehearth. Uh, this one's pretty obvious. This <laughs> is where we get to the first of our faction captains, uh, who each also are a legendary card here. Uh, this is Belinda Stonehearth, and, like, I'm sure everyone else thought too, and, like, you know, I love that you put it in the flavor text. It's like, imagine, though, Stonehearth's surprised to find she's in a game called Hearthstone. Um... <laughs> It's like, yeah, yep, it is It is quite fitting, really. Um, so she is uh, essentially 
if you're playing Horde, she's like a mini boss in a sense, uh, that she is holding this stronghold and you have to take her out in order to be able to capture it and make any significant advancement. Um, each of the captains gives a buff, uh, so like, you know, and provides an advantage to any of the players as long as they're still alive. So there's motivation for the Alliance to really fight to keep her alive. And she is a mage caster, just like her card. Uh, she has... Uh, different uh, stuff she does. Um, let's see, some of her, she casts Fireball, Frostbolt, Cone of Cold, Ice Block, really uh, some in Water Elemental. A lot of what we have is some of the core uh, mage spell cards, actually, are things that she costs, um, uh, she casts. There really isn't anything directly related to the card mechanics of her, like uh, drawing spells and switching stats. It's more of a, just a Hearthstone mechanic thing. But, like I always say, when a car, when a character doesn't have much lore to begin with, I can't really get mad at them for not being faithful to the character or just throwing mechanics in. Because, like, what else are you gonna do? I'm just happy for the representation. Uh, it is cool to have all those. Because for people who play these, that they know these characters, it is pretty significant. So, like the way I geek out about major lore characters uh, who become legendary cards. People who would play Hearthstone and alter, a lot of Alterac Valley would be like, ooh, ooh, there, there's her, I know her. Um, even though I didn't do it quite so much. I had to look her up when she first came out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know everything, uh, but I do lots of research. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, yeah, she is, uh, she has the, the her post named after her. The Horde isn't quite as obvious there. Uh, but we'll we'll get to him later. Uh, next stop on the tour, Driver? Next stop on the tour is Icewing Cavern. Alright. So, Icewing Cavern. Um, I'm going to give you guys a chance to make a little guess here. Uh, you know, we, we have some other creatures. Um, Did I, and... I spoil it by showing the card? I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Darn it. <laughs> what, well, what, what occurs to your mind? Does the word ice wing sound familiar at all? Peeking. <laughs> no. Ice nice. wing harpy. Oh. Literally one of the cards that we have. Uh, you know, the one if you're holding a frost spell, you gain fire oh. armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In here, they call it snowblind harpy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Uh, yep, the snowblind harpies that is but they live in Icewing cavern uh, uh because it all it all you know they have wings and they're you know frost magic so you know ice wing snow blind it, it, all, it all goes together there um but yeah so much like we had the trots in the iron deep uh this is a stronghold where the snow blind harpies uh reside and again uh much like the mines, this is a point where you want to capture it. It gets you some uh, resources. Um, hello to the little wolf there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then you, instead of the trogs, then you have to fight off the harpies who live in this area. And that's where they fit in on the map. Very cool. Very cool. All right. And then, so, so that... Uh, I'm gonna go back to the map real quick, but it looks like that takes us pretty much through the the heart of the 
uh, Alliance heart of territory the here. The heart of the mm-hmm. cars, yeah. Okay, so that was we we've gone through. We started at the top at Dun Balder, gone through the the aid station, the bunkers, uh, Stormpike graveyard, the mines, uh, and then we've got the the Icewing bunker, Stonehearth graveyard, Stonehearth outpost, and then finishing up the Alliance territory with the Icewing cavern. Right in the middle here is this one area of neutral territory called snowfall graveyard which is where we are right now yes so this is smack dab right in the middle of it and it is the only spot that is capturable on the map that is does not start out as belonging to one fax or another it's whoever can rush there and capture it first and that often will give you know a bit of an advantage in that regard um this is actually the area where uh Korak used to be uh, back when uh, he was just in the uh, original version of the game. Uh, we'll talk about Korak a bit more towards the end uh, because he actually is one that has uh, lore that connects with his mechanics, so we want to give him a little extra spotlight. But uh, yeah, right now, this is just kind of the, it's the middle ground area, but it used to be the roaming area for a bit of a, uh, a PvE boss in a PvP area. Gotcha. Um, it and actually makes a lot of here. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just no, gonna I say, was just, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense that there's a graveyard right in the middle of of both warring factions, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they like meet in the middle and fight, and everyone dies, and and yeah, you've got a you know de facto graveyard right in the middle. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is also the area. This middle area here is the field of strife that we have as the demon hunter location card. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's not labeled on our map here, but that's why, because it's the constantly contested area where there's the most strife there. Um, so that's, uh, that's how that gets that name, and it's the big open field in the valley. Oh, I see um, it, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And so now we're moving along into the beginnings of Horde territory uh, as we continue further down our map here. All right, so so first up is the uh, Frostwolf Keep, and I believe that uh, that's where our priest legendary is hanging out. Yes, yes. So um, this is another character that isn't in the game anymore, was only in, in the original classic stuff. So again, you would have to go to the classic servers for a chance at finding uh, Najak Hexen. But... Um, One of the things that made this a bit different from other PvP game modes, like I mentioned before, is that um, it's not just the uh, rushing forward, the fighting other players. It's often that there's you're you're gathering some, you're looting some resources from uh, the players you kill, and sometimes the NPCs that you kill, and you can take them back to um, characters that are in your faction. And trade them in, like increasing your armor abilities or uh, sending more troops out to aid you. And uh, Najak Hexen uh, is, you know, kind of like the uh, the the witch doctor with Davudu that the troll culture yeah. has so much of. And um, the specific quest that Hexen would give was uh, to go out and kill night elves uh, because there's a particular animosity between the uh, trolls and the night elves because night elves are actually magically evolved trolls from uh century like ten thousand years ago um that uh were basically you had trolls that were hanging around this uh this uh 
magically infused uh, lake uh, called the Well of Eternity. And uh, through the, the magic kind of slowly evolved them to become uh, more uh, developed into what we know as elves over time. <laughs> and uh, this particular troll has a real beef with the elves is like, uh, they think they so high and mighty before the elves. There was the troll. Go and kill the elves. Um, and like I said, that quest isn't in the game anymore. Um, I think it was even just in a really early version of Classic, so I can't guarantee it would be there if you went to a Classic server, but, uh, maybe it would. Uh, but anyway, that's where this character comes in. Again, I just love that they're not just doing what you'd see now, they're going back into the history. All of, the way. Uh, yeah, which I, I think is really neat that... It makes you look up these characters. Well, it makes me do it, and I tell it to everybody um, who would otherwise be totally forgotten. But the mere being incarnated as a legendary card in Hearthstone, I think, is a high honor for any uh, Warcraft character because it gets that particular attention focused on you in that way. And I just think that's so fun. That's so cool. Yeah, I love it. And it must be fun for anybody who, you know, really remembers this character in the first place. Yes, I'm I'm sure that's a very small amount of people, but hey, that just makes it the exclusive club, you know? <laughs> well, and the way that you described uh, how this character works in the game, it seems like it, the abilities on the Hearthstone card really kind of follow along with that, where you take control of an enemy minion, but when it dies, it, it you give it back. Um <laughs> So very cool. Uh, nice, nice little throwback over there. Great flavor. All right. Continuing on our journey. So now we have uh, kind of the, the counterpart to the Dunbalder bunker. This is our frost West frost wolf tower. And uh, this is where uh, the other side's prisoner is being kept. So here we have uh, wing commander Eichmann. Right. And so uh, Wing Commander Eichmann is very similar to uh, our other Wing Commander. It's like basically this, it's the mirror side. So he's been captured by the Horde. If you're Alliance, you want to break in and free him. If you give him enough stuff, then he'll send a Griffin squad down to, to strafe the enemy lines and uh, help you win a bit more. And he has the same story where, because not because he's a commander of the orcs who has to listen to them grumble, but because he's held a prisoner by the orcs, and he has to listen to his guards be complaining all of the time. <laughs> and so, basically, he and uh, Bulverick, uh, essentially, they put aside their differences. They go and are... Like, working in Outland together, kind of like bonding over the shared distaste of those irritating orcs who are complaining about, uh, oh, unfair game uh, mechanics or something, you know? And, yeah, so he's, um, again, th again, these are characters that maybe you wouldn't quite remember uh, if you hadn't played at a certain time, but uh, they are now immortalized as these Hearthstone cards. And a lot of their battle attack, their battle cry lines, of like, you know, how he's like, Trickthar, I'm coming for you, are actually the things that they would say in the game. Like when you free them and you send them out, they'd have not a voice line, but, you know, like a, a text bubble that flies mm -hmm. out and you can mm -hmm. see in the chat and stuff. So they took a lot of those and turned them into voiced uh, battle cry and attack lines and stuff for uh, some of these characters, which, again, mm -hmm. is 
a, a really cool uh, way to incarnate it over into Hearthstone, I think. They're, they're so faithful uh, to the essence of a lot of these characters in that sense. They can't always be faithful for the mechanics, but a lot of the time they are. Love it. That's so cool. All right. Next up on our stop, uh, continuing down, is the Cold Tooth Mine. Yes. So uh, this is one that we actually have a card depicting uh, the Druid Epic Capture Cold Tooth Mine. Uh, yeah. And then we also have our little residents of that area, which is a particular tribe of kobolds known as the White Whisker Kobolds. Um, and uh, they live in uh, Cold Tooth Mine right there. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> And it's basically the same as the other mines, you know, but it's something since it's on the horde side, the horde generally can capture it first, but you know, it's it can provide a bit of an advantage to Alliance if they can rest it out of the horde's control. So again, not a super a uh, lot to talk about because uh, we've already gone over the basics of how the mines work, but that's where these guys fall here. And again, the uh, for the Cobalt here, they put it in the voice line. She's like, hey, Cotchu's mine. And, you know, it's... I, I love that they, they make the obvious references right there that can help to to connect the dots if it's, if you don't quite remember or didn't know in the first place where they were, where they fit in with all this. That's so cool. I love it, love it. Uh, all right, then continuing on our journey, next up is the uh, Iceblood Tower. Right. So, um, much like the uh, the Alliance has their bunkers, uh, the Horde has a bunch of towers. And we have a couple of smaller minions, uh, I think called like Tower Guardian, or uh, how, if you might remember some of the, the battle cry, uh, sorry, the battleground skins that uh, you get with the... Um, why am I blanking on what it's called when you earn stuff? Oh, are you talking about the Tower Pass? Pass? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Uh, one of them is called, like, Tower Top the Reno, because uh, it's kind of like the idea, you know, like, he, he's he's on the Alliance, and he's going, and he's trying to take down the towers. Um, so, yeah, that's the, the dwarves have their, you know, sturdy uh, stone bunkers that are down in the ground, and the Horde has, like, hot, tall, rickety wooden towers. I'm... I, I think the dwarf is probably the the better architecture choice for a situation like this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's no accounting for uh, cultural taste, I suppose. That's what the orcs <laughs> like. Oh, my goodness. Yep. That's yep. great. Uh, all right. Uh, next up is Iceblood Garrison. Right. So uh, this is all in the same general area, as you can tell from the fact that it's Iceblood Tower and Iceblood Garrison, which Matt, of course, an orc tribe that lives in the snow would call it something edgy like that. Cause they're all like, you know, honor, <laughs> strength and thunder and all of that stuff, you know, ice and blood. Yeah, hey, that's not an actual line, but I can guarantee you there are some orcs that they, they would totally be willing to say that. Um <laughs> And yes, that's um, that 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 made a lot of sense for the warrior because there's uh, there's a lot of you know uh, orc warriors. It's it's very central to a lot of their culture with the grunts and everything that would uh, come out of that area. Not too much to specifically talk about with the ice flood garrison, but uh, now you know exactly where it is along the map, 
And then uh, we had another captain to talk about, actually, didn't we? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, who I believe is in this area, correct? So this is um, our warrior legendary Captain Galvanger. Correct. So uh, he is basically the horde uh, equivalent that Belinda Stonehearth is to the Alliance. Uh, he doesn't have uh, his places named after him, though, for whatever reason. I don't know whether... Uh, that says that Stonehearth has too big of an ego, or what? I uh, can't really say on that point. But um, yeah, this guy is uh, essentially, you, you may, his, his design may look a little uh, familiar to you, because it is generally theorized, well, not explicitly stated, but from his design, that he is a blade master, much like Samuro. If you remember him, you know, the diamond legendary mm -hmm. that we, the first diamond legendary we ever got, actually, uh, from the uh, Forged in the Baron set. And so, yeah, a member of the uh, Burning Blade Orc tribe, and uh, they're essentially, you know, as you can guess from the name Samuro, they're like samurai style sword masters of the orcs. Uh, have the ability to uh, they they coat their blades in uh, like a special oil so that it will unpredictably catch on fire in the heat of battle when sparks are flying and stuff and throw their enemies off guard. Um, not don't know if there's anything specific that he really does with that uh, in the Alterac Valley Battleground, but lore-wise, that's the sort of thing that they would generally do. And um, again, yeah, he is. Like I said, basically serving the same purpose that Stonehearth does for the Alliance. Uh, if you're Alliance, then you want to be able to take him out, because as long as he's around, he provides buffs that help out Horde players. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where he's there. he's located, right along the map there. Very cool. And then our, our last location here is the Wild Paw Cavern. Correct. And uh, we actually forgot to set this one up, but... Uh, this is where the Wildpaw Knolls live, uh, which oh. is actually a card that received some nerfs recently, uh, yeah. if I remember correctly. The uh, the rogue one that uh, when you draw a card of a different class, uh, it lowers it. That's where these guys fit. Um, they live right here. Uh, Wildpaw Cavern, Wildpaw Gnome. Um, not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg on that one, but... Uh, that is uh, where they uh, reside. And again, just like all of the others uh, with the uh, Cobalts, with the Knolls, with the Harpies, this is just, if you want the area, you have to go through the Knolls. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Come they, with the territory. <laughs> and yes, yeah, this, uh, we were talking about earlier in the show, we got the patch notes this week and this card got nerfed. So uh, definitely a, a very uh, familiar in everybody's mind, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but there is one more character that is residing in this area that we, we did talk about last time. Uh, who is our, um, I guess you would call it our, our, our class uh, legendary, our faction leader, if you will. Faction leader yeah, for Alterac Valley. That would be... That'd be the best way to describe him. Yes, we are, of course, talking about, yes, the amazing Drek'thar, who we, uh, we covered quite extensively in the last one, uh, because he is, like, 
just about the oldest work around, honestly. As I said, at this point in current lore, he's literally in, like, they invented wheelchairs for him because he's, like, <laughs> old and blind and senile, but he's still highly respected as a, sh as a powerful shaman. And, uh, but, you know, the Alterac Valley, uh, he's, you know, they don't have that depiction of him because that would be way too unfair for the Alliance. Like, if you're a horde, you gotta fight, you know, this dual-wielding mountain thane of uh, Varden Stormpike. And if you're a light, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna go kill a guy who's in a wheelchair. Okay, this is no problem. So they, they don't have him like that in Alterac Valley. That's where he is more in, like, current lore. Uh, but, no, he's... He, he's he's a really he's a really strong leader for the frost wolves and he's like he, he's he's never surrendered he's like this is our home you get out all of you um so, so, so drakthar isn't going get back over here vendor no no uh, he's going he, get off my lawn <laughs> well, it's kind of what he's saying but you know in in a much more badass fashion it's um, so funny get off my lawn get off my lawn of ice and blood <laughs> in the game like they make him look so buff you know and you, you see him like oh wow he's scary and then you pull up in the game and he's there's an orc riding on the back of his wheelchair or he's pushing him he's I can't pushing like <laughs> Double riding it together. You darn whippersnappers. <laughs> no, you know, it's 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 like his nursing home attendant. Clint Eastwood yeah. can play him in the next Warcraft movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really wish they wouldn't make more of those. As I have said before, it, uh, the Warcraft movie is how I got into this world in the first place. Started researching everything. <laughs> Largely because I didn't entirely understand what was going on in the movie, so I had to read, like, all the Wikipedia entries for everything. And, like, wow, I want to learn more about all this stuff. Which mm -hmm. maybe doesn't indicate the best about the movie communicating things, but it still did the job for me. That's great. Um, uh, well, looking at the map here, that pretty much takes us down through all of Alterac Valley. So now we've gone through Frostwolf Keep, uh, you know, all, all the way through the... the the towers, Cold Tooth Mine, the graveyard, Iceblood Garrison, uh, and and ending up at Wildpaw Cavern here. Uh, so there's our, our our sort of tour coming to a conclusion. But we do have a few legendary minions to talk about that do have some interesting stories. And so first up is uh, Korak, the Blood Rager. Right, and of course he's one that stands out to a lot of us because again he has the distinguishment of being a diamond card and. Frankly, as I've used him a ton, like I, I got the achievement to summon him so many times pretty quickly because I was putting him in uh, like so many decks, like the Desecrated Graveyard, you know, where he gets killed, but because it wasn't the honorable kill, he gets, you know, resurrected over and over again. Um, so yeah, the, he is uh, what is called a Dire Troll, which is basically like, you know, a, a magically buffed up uh, troll. And a few of the different troll kingdoms and tribes have them all around Azeroth. Um, so he's, he's actually the leader of a tribe of trolls called the Winteraxe tribe of Ice Trolls. They are actually kind of a subset of the Drakari Ice Trolls, which uh, you guys are especially sheep are familiar with one of these guys uh because uh Murabi is one of their leaders uh -huh. and <laughs> yeah. the free shaman that you were playing 
Um, yeah, that's uh, that. There, there's a connection between these guys. Uh, the Winter Axe were uh, initially uh, part of the Drakari, but uh, long time ago there was, you know, like uh, the, what we call the uh, the the shattering. Uh, the Cataclysm, the Sundering, is kind of the, the official term for it. When uh, the one single cotton of the world got split up into all the others, uh, which we've covered a little bit back when we did our Yasharaj episode, and uh, we'll do again when we cover our other old gods at some point. And uh, essentially, so they, they, they got split up, broken into two sections. So while the main uh, group of ice trolls are up in the Northrend area, which is why Marabi is in the Frozen Throne, that's up in Northrend, um, the Winter Axe are more in what we now call the Eastern Kingdoms, and frankly, Alterac Valley is the closest uh, climate that they're comfortable with that they can have. So they just kind of live in that area. Again, um... Uh, Korak used to be roaming around the uh, Field of Strife Snowfall Graveyard area. Uh, he was uh, removed from the game eventually. Uh, but one of the clever things is that it's an official part of the lore that he has been killed and resurrected by troll magic countless times. Like, that's one of the things they do with, like, their mojo and voodoo with all the troll culture. They, they, they can, like, you know, raise them back and everything. So that's where his, uh, his mechanic comes from, that if you don't kill him right, he just comes oh, right back. That makes sense. That's so clever. I mean, he's, he's also, ex he's so extremely buff for a troll compared to most right. trolls that is what the what it means to be a dire troll they're essentially magically enhanced to become these uh dare i say goliaths of trolls uh, <laughs> <laughs> that magical enhancement is a gym membership yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of uh of coaches you have witch doctors exactly um, tomato yeah, tomato <laughs> Well, he looks like a tomato. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> There's a couple of other uh, cards, uh, like from Rastakhan's Rumble and stuff, that are dire trolls as well. If you look back, um, that's uh, they, they've appeared a few times. Uh, they often appear with other uh, troll tribes, like the Gurubashi, the Jungle Trolls are one of the main ones that have dire trolls. But you can find them um, uh, at least a few of them in a lot of different uh, troll civilizations. And then that right. leads us to the uh, last two main legendaries that we're talking about, because uh, we have our two uh, neutral uh, lords that we are going to address here. Um, tell me, out of curiosity, is uh, do you guys uh, play any of these cards at all? I played. I have this a little bit in the. Uh, I, I've I've goofed around with it, and it's really interesting. I think for. I always picture him. I never pictured him as a as a giant because uh, I, when I look at the card, it's a one mana one one, and I realize it gets <laughs> a, a whole bunch of buffs, right? Depending on how much mana you spend on it. And then I looked up the artwork, and wow, and and this character is like this towering, you know, behemoth for for lack of a better word. And I'm like, oh, that is different, but it makes sense. It like if I spent, uh, you know, if I'm Guff and I spend twenty mana on it, it's gonna be humongous, right? And so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting, but I yeah, yeah. I've only played it a little bit, but I'll I'll, uh, I'll get around to using it more. Yeah, he's really good in uh, Beast Druid and Standard in particular, um, because if you you're able to um, stick the uh, three mana two four that if it only costs one or if it costs two or less, then it makes more of them. 
guess what? Even if it uses all of your mana, because of the That's battle guide, it will only cost mm. one. So you can get two big dudes. So fun That's fact there, cool. I played a, a decent amount of Ivis uh, in okay. that, that beast druid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think one of the main problems is that they don't have as good of a scale in this artwork as in some other artwork for Hearthstone cards. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether, like, maybe they put in a little tiny person there, but it got cut off. You can't see it with the oval and everything. Maybe if we mm -hmm. looked at the full artwork, there'd be something. I'm not certain. Uh, but essentially, so the two lords here are uh, actually summonable advantages to the battleground one for each faction so ivis the forest lord is something that is uh, summonable by a druid character uh called uh arch druid renferal uh who is a um a night elf i believe and uh the idea is that uh the the alliance players will go out and uh be collecting uh, certain types of uh, currency that they turn into uh, this NPC. And once you have uh, 200, they're called Storm Crystals, and uh, you turn them in, and then uh, he can summon Ivis the Forest Lord. And um, this is only summonable by Alliance. Lachalar is for the Horde. We'll get to him in a second. And um, he actually uh, has uh, buffs that he gets stronger uh, depending on the activities of the players uh, around him. Um, let's see. Uh, he patrols around the field of strife after he's summoned before he pushes over to Frostwolf base. Um, he's more powerful on if everyone on your team buffs him. Because he accepts every buff. So essentially, uh, whatever player classes you have, like your, like, you know, like we have our uh, our Paladin cards or our Druid cards that, you know, uh, you play it on a minion on the board and it makes it powerful. More stats, Divine Shield, whatever. This uh, character, once you summon it, it will be empowered by every type of buff that every player of any class can put on it so you can make it much more powerful in that way and that is why we get in this version of with the card here where uh the more that you have in order to kind of feed into him like representing the different buffs the stronger and more powerful that he gets so he's kind of reminiscent of captain planet where with your powers <laughs> combined he <laughs> Is Ivis the Forest Lord? You know, I, I could totally picture a parody. You know, something like that. <laughs> um, but it would be, you know, like you know, a bunch of shaman and uh, druid stuff. I mean, heck, you know, we have uh, like talking about the Captain Planet. We have literally the elements of Warcraft: fire, ice, water, air, like heart, fire power. <laughs> oh yes, I forgot about heart. Um, uh, spirit. <laughs> There's the element of spirit. Uh, there we go. That, that's canon. Um, it's what the monks call chi. Um, 
but essentially, yes, this is, uh, again, I think this is one of the more clever legendaries that, sure, it's, it's a bit niche in the way the mechanic works at times. You guys found ways to really make it work there in a game. But I really appreciate when they do this, where they take the way that what they're basing off of it in the game, uh, how that mechanic worked, and turning it into a cool Hearthstone mechanic. Um, now, nowadays, you will hardly ever see him summoned, or Lockalar for that matter, because the way that most people play Alterac Valley nowadays is they completely ignore all the side objectives and completely rush to the end, the main base, like they want to just get Drek'thar or Vander right away. And frankly, the way that people play it, because, you know, it's, it's the optimal way to do it, apparently, but they miss out on a lot of the extra features that we've been talking about, where these bases and these NPCs come into play. That's all being beautifully illustrated through the cards here. Ironically, we're experiencing more of the hearts of Alterac Valley Battleground through the Hearthstone set than many people who play the Alterac Valley Battleground in Warcraft. Um... But, uh, uh, moving on, then we have our last main uh, card to talk about of Lokalar the Ice Lord here. Very cool. One thing before I, I switch over, I did pull up the full art here, and you're right, it, it got kind of got cut off by the, the card frame. But if you look at the full art, you can see he is holding like an uprooted tree. Uh, you know, it's oh, just to show cool. the size comparison. And then you see all the little trees kind of in the foreground and in the background kind of demonstrating the size. But in, in the in the card art here. Um, yeah, that sense the, of scale isn't really given by well, any frame of reference. Yeah, because Especially with the 1-1 one, one stats, I'm like, eh. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw. It. It's like this little puny thing, but it, it really stacks. Anyhow. Uh, right. All right. So and by the way, he's uh, he's what we call an uh, a forest ancient. By the way, uh, the druids have a strong connection with them. They're kind of you know like manifestation, cult, guardian of the forest, nature, magic type of stuff. All right. Now this one, uh, the scale definitely. You see, you, if you look closely on the on the card here, you can see these tiny little people getting a. Uh, right. That's what around. I was saying. It's yeah. much better in this card. Ivis doesn't capture it quite as well. Also, Lockalar just has much bigger stats, so he gives a more imposing image. Mm -hmm. And and we saw him in the uh, trailer. You know how they're like, "Never fall back." They've summoned the Ice Lord. Hurry, fall back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, much like the, uh, Alliance can, uh, summon Ivis the Forest Lord, uh, the Horde, uh, can collect the, uh, various, um, uh, Storm Crystal currency and, uh, be able to turn them in, uh, to summon Lokalar the Ice Lord. And Lokalar works a bit different. He's not just a direct clone of Ivis the Forest Lord. Uh, he actually starts out relatively weaker, but he can grow stronger over time if uh, the Horde players around him uh, kill Alliance players in his vicinity. Um, so for all, every bit of blood that is spilt around him, it's like he absorbs that and he grows even stronger. Mm. Uh, that's why he says things about, uh, your essence will congeal. It's like talking about, you know, like the, the blood that's being spilt and he's absorbing that to grow stronger. And that is why he has a mechanic that deals with losing your health. Um, because if you have 15 health or less, 
then he's a lot easier to summon as a card. And so that's the reference right there that he grows stronger when kind of not exactly what you'd call like a blood sacrifice or offering, but from, he feeds on the loss of life around him and grows more powerful from it. That's so clever. I love it. And that is our uh, our basic tour of the remaining uh, Alterac Valley cards that have any sense of lore. There's you know some legendaries like the uh, shaman one with the uh, you know the the ice bear I forget her name or the uh, the rogue one that has another you know replaced cards with class. Those are all Hearthstone original creations, and so far. They haven't really provided us with any background story as to who these characters might be. Um, sometimes they'll do that in like blog posts or mention things on social media. As far as I know, they haven't done anything like that for some of these. Probably because they've been focused on telling the story of the mercenaries who are, you know, the core Hearthstone original characters we've been following throughout the year. So that's why that there's a couple legendaries that we really just don't have anything to say about right now. Yeah, very cool. Well, this was exciting. I love I love the uh, idea of looking at the map and taking a tour and kind of stopping at all these places along the way and seeing which minions uh, reside in which particular area, which, you know, which are bosses or, or whatever it is. And uh, just super cool. I, I can, you know, kind of picture myself traveling through here. It's it's really neat. So thank you so much for the storytelling. It's really fun. My pleasure. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to move into Ice Blood Tower. <laughs> <laughs> like you're gonna physically move into it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Can I come over? Something <laughs> home. Real estate in in uh, Alterac Valley is is pretty cheap, actually. Oh. <laughs> is that where you got the new job? <laughs> <laughs> but the insurance is through the roof, man. Those <laughs> And life insurance, like you just can't get any. It's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, we have a special treat. Uh, we haven't done one of these in quite a while. And I'm very excited because I have had such a busy week that I get to hear this for the first time uh, as, as all of you do. And Goliath has provided us with a parody song here. And so we are going to play it for y'all live on the show uh before we uh jump into uh, any other part of the show real quick so i am going to uh, cue it up here and y'all are in for a treat oh battle tag one three five nine this here's goliath dwarf you got a copy on my neck wolf come on Oh yeah, it's in four and eight wolf for sure, for sure. By golly, it's a clean shot to diamond five. Come on. Yeah, that's a big ten four there, Nate Wolf. We definitely got some good decks, buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we found some OP combos. It was a gold ring ten when we started again for the month-long season climb. Make a meta deck so we wouldn't get wrecked and hit legend in a record time. With a four-sork midge and Antonida slamming fire in their face. I says, Nate Wolf, this here's Goliath Dwarf, and I'm gonna throttle down this race. Cause we got a little old combo rocking through the game. Yeah, we got a little old combo bashing through without no shame. Come on and play our combo, ain't nothing gonna get in our way. We're gonna ride this soapy combo up to the legend rank. Oh yeah, got Nevin Blade OTK there, man. 
Master Beardo is about to give us the discount of our lives. Well, we picked up speed with the demon seed to the Carter's wild land. But reverted Riza came to the rescue when Voidform was well in hand. With the shadow spawn, we were well and gone, though the platinum was towards the end. I play Polymorph, said this here is the dwarf, and I've got to turn the meta up band. Cause we got a great big combo, rocking through the game. Yeah, we got a great big combo, bashing through without no shame. Come on and play our combo, ain't nothing gonna get in our way. We're gonna ride this selfie combo up to the legend rank. Ah, uh, you wanna give me a tip to scales there, Hydra? Affirmative butter, the Merc is set to go. Eviana, Kuhn, and Sara line up to the plenty of the seven hails. With the Malgus and talk by the alterations, I was almost getting lost myself. With an Ignite Mage and a Diamond Five, those rankers were getting smart. They brought in the Agro Pirates, and they tore my wind streak apart. There's juggernauts and cannon shots and pirates of every size. And a questline hunter stripped away my health, my disgust had no disguise. Well, I pushed straight through with a Garrett Rogue and a brand new LTK. And Shaman Freeze brought him to the knees as we sped those ranks away. Ah, uh, Goliath towards Ishii, come over. Listen, you wanna put Molagard Facer to boost the I-beam? Yeah, it's Lifesteal, TK, DHL, and off, alright. When we closed our run at Diamond One, prepared to cross the line. With the darkest hour, we were overpowered and a sure shot legend climb. I said, Snake Wolf, this year's Goliath Dwarf, I'm gonna play a shuttle walk. With the Serenite game, the combo is rang and the legend rank last unlocked and four. Cause we got a mighty combo, rocking through the game. Yeah, we got a mighty combo, bashing through without no shame. Come on and play our combo, ain't nothing gonna get in our way. Gonna ride this soapy combo up to the legend rank combo. Man, I may so say it's a double Leroy Shadow set, man. Rachel Morgan was pretty good if I recollect. Combo. Mercy sakes, good buddy, we made it to the very top of Wild Lever. Here's combo. to a crazy run. See you around, boys. I'm gonna switch things up and play some battlegrounds. This here's the dwarf on the side. We gone. Bye bye. Oh my goodness. I love it. I it's amazing. You, you have absolutely uh, outdone yourself. The the lyrics were brilliant and uh appreciate those the folks that uh provided some inspiration for you as well. But oh my goodness. That that was like uh at least a couple months in development there for me to figure out the right stuff, but totally worth it. Oh, it was so, so good. good. That was incredible. Uh, my face hurts from smiling again <laughs> so good it's so good yeah i love it that's that's well done i i, I don't know what else to say but well done uh, i i'm quite inspired I, I will make sure and get it up on uh, the website over the weekend and if anybody wants to listen to it further uh you, you guys can visit the website and download it there or play it there so and if Very anyone cool. has ideas for topics or songs to parody, feel free to uh, let me know. I, I love working on this stuff. It's honestly, this is what I, the main thing that I use the skills I learned from a college poetry class in. Like, I <laughs> used to write poetry in class, but now I'm like, nope, I'm just using the meter and rhyme to write Hearthstone parody songs now. This is, <laughs> this is fun. I will do this. This is the way. Yes, this is the way. <laughs> 
the hearts of parody song uh, <laughs> i love it i love it uh well we are are nearing the conclusion of of our show i, I quickly want to pass the mic over to east sheep city to talk uh real briefly about our listener series absolutely so for those of you who may not be familiar uh, with our listener series, the Born to be Wild listener series is a free wild Hearthstone tournament series with custom deck building restrictions each week. The main series, uh, so the regular season, lasts five weeks, followed by three weeks of playoffs. So this week is, of course, season four, week three. And the challenge for week three is divisible by three. So all cards in the deck must cost three, six, nine, or 12. So divisible by three. This one, if I recall correctly, was submitted by Schmoopy Daddy. Correct. Um, yeah. So if you're watching live, after the show this evening, we will have a couple of guest casters uh, come in to cast this match. So the guest casters, of course, are Jordan M.G., and Vapod, one, from the People's Champ podcast that will be joining Nate. And y- you'll notice that I didn't mention Hydra myself. That's because we will be stepping away from the mic, and we will be going head-to-head for tonight's match. So, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So if you're watching live, stay tuned. And uh, after the show, we'll get on with that listener series match. And if you are catching this on the replay, either on YouTube or um, listening uh, through your podcast platform of choice, um, check it out on YouTube because Nate posts those pretty much when the show goes live as well. That's so the plan check it out there for additional information um, about the listener series. Of course, check out the website www.borntobewildhs.com So that is the listener series this week. Yeah, Excitement abounds. I can't wait to, to uh, get the floor mopped by Hydra. <laughs> I just yeah, we'll mop, mop the floor with me is what I was trying to say. You guys have had some interesting uh, restrictions <laughs> this time around. Like... Really, like, makes you think and notice cards that would have been overlooked before, but because it fits the mana cost, like, oh, wow, play this that would never play on ladder. Yeah, and that's sort of the goal. I mean, you know, I I think if for for people who are wanting to play uh, wild competitively, there's not a whole lot of outlets aside from ladder. Uh, THL has a, a great wild series that a lot of our friends play in. Um, if, if you're looking to, to play wild competitive Hearthstone, but a, a lot of times it's meta decks and not, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but um, it's a different experience. And so what we've got is something totally different where each week there's a special deck building restriction. We have been able to essentially community crowdsource the uh, deck building restrictions last season and again this season. And so it's been really fun. So every week there's a different ch- uh, challenge or restriction, and they were all brought about by uh, community members. And so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, for those people who are interested, there was a question about whether you could start in the middle of the season. Uh, so for sure, we can add you. Uh, the The way that the point system works, it's it's all spelled out on the website, or you can um, uh, you know reach out to us directly. Um, 
if you start this late in the game, uh, the, the chances of you making it to the finals are pretty slim, but certainly if you want to play and interact with other people, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, there's information on the website or you can reach out to us through Discord and we'll be happy to provide more information. But yes, it's it's free and we'd love anyone to join. It's it's an absolute blast. So yeah. Absolutely. So please join in the listener series. It is so much fun. Um to participate in, to uh, uh, watch, to cast. Ah, oh, always a blast. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. I, I love casting matches, and it's a it's a whole fun thing. I mean, we, we put a lot of work into the production. It's just a blast. It's so much fun doing it. So, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, last thing we've got up here um, is our uh, weekly listener challenge Um and uh, so, <laughs> so we can turn this one ogre <laughs> to Hydra. <laughs> okay, so last week, basically, the idea was, um, I mean, I wasn't on the show, but it, it was to have your opponent concede to a Boulder Fist ogre being played on, on board. Am I correct? I'm uh, sure be. I, you know what? So he, he, he. You know, he reached out ages ago to uh, suggest this as a challenge. And, and the challenge was, yeah, you play a, a Boulder Fist Ogre and your opponent concedes. And I was like, it's impossible, vetoed. And I just, I was like, nope, don't want to hear it, nope. And <laughs> and so and so last week, Hydra was was out and Schmoopy guest hosted. And, um, and you know, we were kind of in a rush and didn't have a challenge set. And, and Schmoopy's like, I got this one, guys. I got this one. It's like, okay, cool, <laughs> thank you. And... Uh, had forgotten all about this and he's like boulder fist ogre could see that was like opportunity and he took it and you can't you can't backtrack on the spot man no it's great i i it's great it's great and uh, now he cheated a little bit here but but i really appreciate uh had to prove that it could be done and so schmoopy spent uh the better part of the week trying to figure out how to do it something maybe a little bit of a sneaky sort of way um and uh although there's there's sort of a, a mini prohibition of of the hosts winning the prizes and so um i very happy to see schmoopy did it but our very own dr bomd uh i think capitalized on some of that inspiration and was able to pull off this amazing feat here now doc was presenting lethal in several other ways but it happened it happened i love it uh, <laughs> and the ogre was in fact the last thing played yeah so. it, it could have been just like this this last like take the yeah, this is what i have in my hand take this uh-huh. <laughs> it's great. Hey, you know what? This 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 satisfies the uh, the obligations here. There's a Boulderfist ogre, and the opponent has conceded. Uh, and, and the Boulderfist ogre was the last one played, so it was the the exclamation yeah. mark that caused the concession. So props hey. to Doc. You did Doc it. Wins two. I didn't. I did not think oh. it be. We could be done. I was a skeptical. Yeah. So so extra congratulations, and with a fifteen. 16 ogre to boot it has been sufficiently buffed uh love to see it so yeah big big clap for for doc over here uh, yeah so of course dr bomb wins two packs on us for winning as well as of course having his uh 
achievement enshrined immortally on the website born to be wild hs.com love it all right so this, this week's, week's challenge challenge yeah. however <laughs> uh we were going for earlier you know the, the, the make your your ogre as big as it can possibly be to to try and bait your your opponent into conceding this time you you don't you you can't play the minion that you're buffing so this week's challenge is biggest buffed single minion in hand not played so it has to stay in your hand how big can you get that single minion in your hand the biggest minion wins most stats Point blank and the period. That's it. Has to be in your hand. Not played. Largest minion. So, how can you participate with this challenge? Well, challenges can be played in casual or on ladder. Not You, you can't play it against a, a friend. They'll let you in. You can't play it against the innkeeper. He'll let you in. <laughs> um, James, did you know that I had uh, the innkeeper the other day had a, a Gromish that was actually enraged, did not attack with it, and then brawled and killed their own Gromish? <laughs> See? This he, happened. He, he let you in. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He, he doesn't mean to. He's just, you know. So, no, yeah, you cannot play against the innkeeper. <laughs> that right there shows you can't do it. Disqualifying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Once you've achieved this this mighty goal of having the biggest buffed single minion in hand, not played, you take a screenshot of it and post it in our Discord in the Weekly Challenges channel. So the winner, of course, will be announced on next week's show, like Dr. BOMD tonight. And that winner, of course, will receive two Hearthstone packs on us, but mostly be immortalized in the Hall of Fame on the Born to be Wild website. So we are looking forward to seeing how big your hand can get. Go forth and make that hand big. I, I don't know. I don't have anything clever there. <laughs> so, so the goal here, you know, there's a lot of different. German get buff. <laughs> there, there you go. go. There's a lot of different ways to buff minions in your hand, but very often they're either random or they're spread out. And so this is not cumulative. I'm looking for the largest single minion. And so, you know, you just got to get creative with it. Uh, there's there's some ways and, and some methods. Uh, Sheep found I've an interesting Don one before Honcho the show. I've seen Don Honcho as a big contender here. Don Honcho is, is definitely uh, useful, I will say that. Uh, but what we've done in previous challenges is that, um, you know, in the event of a tiebreaker, we'll, we'll like tally stats or whatever. And I'm not looking to do that this time. I, really what I'm looking for is to see people one-up each other. And so, you know, show me your you know, uh, 15, 16 Boulder Fist Ogre, but I want to see then someone else show me a, uh, you know, 2021 20, uh, Boulder Fist Ogre and, and see how large we can get a single minion. Uh, there's no need to play it. I just want to see it in hand. And, and to do that, you just hover over it and it'll it'll enlarge on the screen. You take a screenshot. So uh, exciting. I, I'm interested to see what you all come up with. And uh, I, I'll participate in this well, as well. Not that I can win, but but just for the fun of it. And so, uh, oh, yeah, if you do an angry chicken, then then even better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my strat that I will do because I'm going to participate as well. <gasps> Is with horrendous growth. Oh, you gave away the secret. All right, I, hey, I had I had to give away the special bleep, sauce. You gotta bleep it out, Mergle that. <laughs> <laughs> so, just saying, I'm, I'm I'm gonna do it with the horrendous growth. 
you'll see it. There's nothing wrong with that. If there's uh, cards that that grow in hand or corrupt or you know however, that all counts towards the buffing, you know. So that's totally fine. I want it in hand, you know. So you can't use Shade of Naxxramas that buffs each turn on the board. You got to buff it in your hand. So, yeah. And I assume this isn't one of those you have to win while doing it type of challenges. Nope, nope, you nope, can nope, lose no. and it still counts. You could lose horribly just as long <laughs> as you have that big dude in your hand. I have to survive the game long <laughs> enough to be able to do it. You got to get the screenshot yeah. though cuz if it's if it's in your hand and, and and the cards are all like folded down, you can't see the stats. So you'd have to like hover over it to take and then take the screenshot so that we can see Yeah, the... that might be that, that could be tricky. No, that's cool. You can you can do it on mobile. You can do it on on Mm-hmm. But the timing, you got to get the timing right. But but it, it can be done, I, I believe. And if anyone's struggling with it, then then reach out to us on Discord and we can uh, walk you through it. But all right, I I'm recording again now, so you can okay. uh, make your prediction official. I I think that you are correct, and I'm excited to see it happen. But if you want to put it on the record for us, what is your prediction for the mini set? All right, so I'm going full uh, doomsday prophet here. If I am correct <laughs> with this, it'll be really cool. If I fail, it'll be a real obvious bomb. But um, what I think is without seeing any data mining or anything like that, I'm just picking this up from clues and patterns with what they have released so far. And I even have a couple additional clues since uh, the last show where I made this prediction. I think the mini set is not going to be a, something related to Alterac Valley, like how we've had, you know, like Dark Moon Races, Dark Moon Fair, um, or anything like that. No, no. We're going someplace completely different to be a final, uh, a grand finale, a, a cap off to the year long story of the year of mercenaries. Uh, because as we've been tracking through the story, uh, we have, it's one of those puppet master type of villains where, you know, gradually there's been the realization that uh, Kazakus and Lady Prestor are the ones who are in control of all of this. And so we're inevitably leading up to a confrontation with them. Um, Kazakus is a Hearthstone original character. Whatever they do with him, they'll probably throw him in this whole thing, of course. But, uh... Lady Prestor, Onyxia, has a well-known early-in-the-game's-history raid called Onyxia's Lair, um, where, like, you kill her and everything. Uh, canonically, this is actually a Varian who uh, killed her in order to save because she kidnapped Anduin. I say this a um, th- uh, few points of evidence. Not only in just this seems to be where the year-long story is going, it makes sense from that perspective, but you may remember there was a little spotlight shown on uh, her and uh, the relationship with Anduin in the uh, cinematic song for United in Stormwind. She's like, don't be afraid of the shadows, the young prince is fine. And, uh, you know, just quickly moves on. I don't think that that was for nothing. It's like, sure, she was a card, but it's not like they, they talked very much about her. She only became more relevant when we had the uh, Scabs Cutter Butter solo adventure, which is kind of, you know, unveiling that, oh, she's being a puppet master about all this. Um, so there's that angle. There is also how the year-long story has been mirroring the progression of a new player, especially in the early days of World of Warcraft, where you start out in a zone like the Barrens. It's an early game zone. You've created your character recently. 
you have your some of your first dungeons, uh, like the uh, Wailing Caverns. You eventually get up to where you get to your capital city, like Stormwind, if you're Alliance. And then we have another early dungeon uh, in the t form of the Dead Mines. And now we have moved up into a bit more endgame PvP content with Alterac Valley. Because, as I'm sure you guys noticed or was talking about, this thing isn't simple. This is one of the most complex PvP game modes in Warcraft. So much so, that's well, honestly one of the reasons I completely suck at it. But, um, <laughs> so, moving on with that natural progression, the ultimate, you know, endgame content in terms of difficulty, especially if we're moving away from PvP and giving PvE content a bit more, is a raid. And it fits in perfectly uh, with that style of ramping up the types of content as you're leveling up. Uh, even the armor that the mercenaries and the adventurer characters uh, from the Wailing Caverns while dressed in has been gradually the increasing level armor sets mm -hmm. from the game. You now we like to talk about that every so often. It's amazing how they implement all that art there. Uh, it's exactly the, the armor sets that you get at certain levels in the game. So all of that together is stuff that I predicted before, but I have one additional thing that I think leans into that we're going to have Nixia theme soon. Oh. The new mercenaries that just came out. Because we have some that are connected with Alterac Valley. Like, we have Belinda Stonehearth and Captain Galvadar. They're mercenaries in the mercenary mode now. But we also got some dragons. And they were in separate announcements. If you go into Mercenaries and you see, you know, you have the, uh, the little mailbox thing there that gives you, here are the great new updates, spend money on this! Um, <laughs> and how. There were two different ones. One it was focusing on, uh, you know, these characters from Alterac are now in, like, you know, Stonehearth and such. And then I cruck the arrow, and there's an entirely different announcement that face the new dragon mercenaries and we have like a Rathian and uh sinestra who uh sinestra is actually um one of you know the, both of those are members of the black dragon flight so the same as deathwing and uh onyxia nefarian uh from you know black rock mountain so i think that that's another uh little hint hint of contributing puzzle because th they've been doing things very thematically when they add things to mercenaries it's always connected to content that's just come out um like pirates of dead mines and all that why would they randomly throw in some dragons here along with the alterac stuff if they weren't planning on having something dragon related so th that that's my evidence that i've stated before the court uh we will see if i turn out to be correct Either I am the prophet, or I am the the guy who completely screwed up all the evidence. Uh, but <laughs> maybe I'm Sherlock Holmes. We'll see. We'll see. But but uh, uh, Kazakus is uh, totally not a dragon. <laughs> his his uh, flavor text absolutely says so. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, originally they were going to have where his card, his, the fact was that it transformed into his dragon form. Uh, I read that in the uh, the art book for the Year of the Mammoth uh, with the concept art, but they, they changed it to the potion focus. 
But uh, mm -hmm. like, th there's the art in the book. Uh, actually, just a second. I have it on my shelf back here. That's so cool. Yeah, it says, uh, the mysterious leader of the Cabal is not a dragon and does not deal in illegal potions. Any public statements See? to the contrary will be met with litigation and dragonfire potions. <laughs> See? It actively says he's not. That's right. It says it in all caps, too. <laughs> me, me thinks the card, the uh, flavor text might protest too much. <laughs> Sorry, I meant Year of the Kraken. Man, I, I'm getting old in Hearthstone. I'm getting my years all mixed up. The guy just said was in the Year of the Kraken. Yeah, back in See, my Hearthstone day. Right here is on the Kazakus page. This is what the concept art was for him as a dragon, and I think that we're going to see that fully realized in the game. Uh, that's, we'll see that's Lady definitely Rester not a dragon. to her full Anixia form, and I'm sure we'll see Kazakus get his full dragon form too. It'd be anticlimactic if we didn't. That's true. That's true. I like it. A bold prediction, but I think you're. I think it's very accurate. I, I like that you have the uh, the clues and and the uh, evidence, so to speak, uh, to to back up your uh, uh, assertion here. So detective I'm, emoji. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Well, we'll we'll, we'll uh, be waiting with uh, bated breath, and I think that you'll be right. And I guess we'll see. So I can't I can't wait. I, I think it'll be great. And if we are looking at past timelines and trying to predict when the mini set will come out, uh, we were looking at uh, guessing approximately February eight, maybe February fifteen. Right, right around mm -hmm. there. The eighth. I'll leave the number predictions to you guys. The eighth but, is the uh, day that lines up the cleanest to me, but it's really soon, and so they would have to make an announcement like next week or something. Like, <laughs> and for the mini set, they've historically done like a shorter turnaround mm -hmm. time in between announcement and right, an, an like a, a dumping all of the cards right there, no long drawn out. Uh, at the most, over a week, but I think at least one time they just revealed them all at once. Like right yeah. after the announcement. Yeah. So, so it could very well still be the 8th. 8th or 15th is kind of whenever I was looking through the historical record. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. Excitement mm -hmm. abounds. All right. But I'm sure everyone else is also looking forward to seeing you guys do good out in the listener series. So I'm going to hop out and let you guys get going with that. But uh, it's always love being on the show. Can't wait for next time where... If this is true, maybe we'll end up talking more about Black Dragons as the theme for the next episode. We'll see. Yeah, we got it. some old gods to talk about, too. Don't yeah, we? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we have to. Really. The old god series, we still have to do, I, yes. I, I keep on bringing it up, too, so thank you, Hydra, yeah. for bringing it up first this time. <laughs> Excellent. Very I'm, good. I'm excited. All right. See you guys later. Sounds great. Bye, friend. Later, Goliath. Bye-bye. All right, friends. Well, that about wraps up this week's show. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you very much to the folks who are hanging out here live on Twitch, interacting with us. We have so much fun. Thank you to everyone who's uh, watching on YouTube or listening live on a or listening rather on a podcast app. Um, for more wild content or see where you can find us individually, please visit our website at borntobewildhs.com. There's some big updates coming to the website this weekend. I'm really excited to work on it. And so, uh, yeah. Um, like sheep was saying earlier for those of us here watching live hang out for just a couple minutes we'll be transitioning over to uh, our hosted and cast 
listener series uh, battle tonight between our hosts, Hydralisk and Electric Sheep City. Very excited to hang out with Vapod and Jordan and cast this match. It'll be uh, a blast. And, and again, that match will be uh, posted to YouTube as well if you miss it live and want to watch it later. All right, everybody, that's it. Uh, thank you so much to Goliath for hanging out tonight and sharing your stories with My us. Pleasure. Thank you. See everybody else next time on another episode of Born to be Wild. <laughs>